the incomparable. Number 466, June 2019. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. And while I was not present for the discussion of Christopher Nolan's second Batman movie, The Dark Knight, I have returned. I have seen the light and climbed out. Oh, boy. that I could go a long <laughs> way with that metaphor. To see a man rises to host a podcast, The Dark Knight Rises from 2012. And here, yes, thank you. There's got to be chanting in the background while I do it. I had no rope. I just got out of there. Anyway, joining me to talk about the third and final Christopher Nolan Batman movie. For now, you'll probably never direct another Batman movie. So anyway, are these wonderful people. Tony Sindelar, the uh, dean of Batman University, is back. Hello. Hello. I'm Tony Sindelar. That's this is my normal voice. Oh no, no, you should you totally, have a totally, be, you totally use this to conceal my identity. <laughs> it's um, good to see you, Tony. I can see you where you are. Moises Chuyan is here. Hello. The incomparable is yours. None shall interfere. Do as you please, Jason. Oh boy, the Bane voices are going to be thick. Cicero Holmes is here. Hello. This is time for the Gotham City to learn the truth. <laughs> uh, Catwoman herself, Christina Warren, is here. <laughs> Hello, I'm not doing Bane voices because no. I, I it will just be bad. Don't. So I so I'm every here, third Sel- word should just be meow like the Lego Batman exactly. movie. Exactly. I'm I'm just I'm Sel- Selena Kyle here to represent. Yeah. And uh, Brian Hamilton, what weird voice will Brian Hamilton do? Exile or death, Jason? Oh, good. I choose exile by death. Very well. Give him cake. <laughs> Very We're all out of cake. Uh, okay, so there was Batman Begins, and there was the Dark Knight, and then there was the Dark Knight Rises, which is an interestingly kind of like it once to be about both movies, which I think is interesting for a third movie in the trilogy. It pulls back to the original movie in a lot of ways. Batman Begins, where you might have thought they would have drawn a direct line from uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, the absence of the Joker is probably one of the reasons why this story kind of like decides to sort of mix and match between the first and the second movie. Um, in the last episode... Uh, where we talked about The Dark Knight. You mentioned all the kind of like time frame things. I think it's interesting. This movie is set eight years after The Dark Knight and and, uh, Gotham is rehabilitated basically because uh, they covered up the the fall of Harvey Dent and instead uh, it turns out pinning that all on Batman and also having kind of draconian laws against various sorts of organized crime works apparently in in Gotham and so Gotham has been doing great under the the reign of Nestor Carbonell the mayor and uh, of course Commissioner Gordon so that that's that's where this starts and I I am open for any opening statements from anyone about this uh, this movie before we dive in. Uh, so I will say uh, that Gotham City does need to learn the truth. It's been enough time that uh, and I will go out on a limb and say that both The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises were not really good films. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Now, it was kind of a love fest in the last episode. And one of the reasons I actually couldn't be on for <laughs> for some family reasons, but I was worried about being on because i i don't like the second half of that movie for a lot of reasons that were elucidated in that episode by people who like the movie that the second half kind of a mess um i feel differently about the dark knight rises uh, cicero i i don't know whether i like it you know I, i do like it 
Which means I like it better than The Dark Knight, which is a totally weird thing to I say. I feel the same. I feel similarly, Jason. I, yes. I, I don't want to say that I think it's great because there are some things in it that every time I watch it, I'm like, what is happening? Like, yeah. unbelievably weird choices made in this movie. And yet I kind of dig it. Uh, uh, like, despite myself, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I mean, we'll get into it. But it's like, okay, that's really weird. Why did they do that? But it's fun. And that's... uh. I don't know. It's very strange. It, it, in in contrast to The Dark Knight, where in the second half, I kind of got mad. Like, what are you doing, movie? Why are you doing this? And this one, I'm like, oh, movie, you slay me with your weird choices. <laughs> and I don't know why I got there, but that's how sort of how I view this movie, just to, to spoil that up front. But I, I, for, I, maybe I'm just a little more generous to it. I don't know. I mean, I think it helps that uh, it makes some weird, uh, wild choices uh, that, you know, I, so I'll, I'll say, I don't think I've seen this movie that many times. Uh, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I saw it somewhere between then and now, and then I saw it again today. And uh, you know what? It's grown on me a little bit with age. Mm-hmm. I think back in 2012, I was just like, no, there, there's some of these, there's stuff I like in here, but there are some some dumb choices. And you know what? They are still dumb, but I appreciate the <laughs> loftiness of how dumb they are. Uh, there's, there's like a lot of stuff in here that's like, you know, I kind of, I think I understand what you're trying to do, and that's weird and kind of out there. And you know what? Points for effort. Good job. <laughs> I saw this movie in 2012 and never again until tonight. And I've seen The Dark Knight several times since then, and I think structurally, what's interesting about this is that Batman Begins set everything up for this new rebirth of Batman, and then The Dark Knight is almost a standalone movie where you don't quite need Batman Begins to jump in and enjoy it. And I right. feel like there could have been x number of movies between batman begins and the dark knight rises that are just one-off adventures or like a whole batman tv show yeah yeah and the dark knight rises could have wrapped up any of that and i feel like what this movie has my my big problems with this movie are the return of the king problem where they just Mm kind of need to wrap up everything and spend so much time on so many different threads that don't quite add up together in the end for me but you know what i also kind of like that because it actually it has an ending and it feels like as opposed to all other superhero movies which are like we need to leave this open for possibly eight more movies in, in, until we decide that this one's not profitable enough. It's like, nope, this version <laughs> of Batman's gone. This is it. We're done. Sorry. No matter how much ma- money this makes, we're not coming back. They definitely did leave it open for another iteration of a Gotham. Right. Right. Yes. And maybe he is even a, a man of bats, but right. he is a different <laughs> Batman. But, but they wrapped Legally up the, 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 right. the, the Christian Bale kind of arc. Yes. Um, what, what struck me and um, I like this film. I saw, you know, the day it came out in the theater and, and I've had it on, on Blu-ray and, and other things over the years, but I've, I, I've seen the dark Knight. I don't know how many times so I've only seen this really a handful of times all the way through, but I watched it today and I was kind of struck by, I was sort of surprised by how much I love like the second half of this film. Hmm. Um, that kind of surprised me. I, there, there are like, uh, as Jason alluded to, there's some wackiness, right? Like there's some crazy <laughs> kind of story uh, telling stuff and some weird stuff happening with the story, but I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what? A lot of this kind of doesn't work, but it does. Like if you were to, like dissect it bit by bit it kind of doesn't but for, for in, in the in the in the sum of it all it kind of 
does work together for me. I don't know. I have something of a of a sampler platter of of, of things that various people have said that that uh, helped me crystallize what I was trying to think of because I, I I knew that I had something to say but I didn't want it to be the I wasn't on the Dark Knight episode because that's uh, you know three or four of us already um, but the the thing that I kept thinking while watching it today is that uh, it, it really feels very much like an epilogue but not an afternote it it, it is mm. tying up it is tying up an arc that they didn't map out from the first movie but that they right. found as an outgrowth of what they came up with in the first two movies. Um, I, I feel like it... The it is difficult for me to 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 feel authoritative talking about intentions because of something that I read in an interview somewhere or something that I read in an article somewhere because there are 11 different definitive authoritative opinions about exactly how different decisions were made about all of this. Um, but what I can do is look at, at the three movies as a whole, as a three-act structure, as a three-act arc of this um, – you know, they they dragged me back into the Batman game, you know, just one more time. Uh, you know, and this is this is his last time before he hangs up his Batman badge. Um, and, you know, what is that Western style, you know, last ride into the sunset going to be? Um, the thing that surprised me the most that, I, that, that Tony was kind of touching on is that it's kind of this variety pack of a lot of Batman themes and motifs that they had kind of stayed away from in the first two movies, if that makes sense. Uh, There's some of the pageantry of the Burton movies. There's even a little bit of the being, being okay, getting really comic booky to the extent that Schumacher did Mm -hmm. in places um, down to the way that some of the dialogue is written. It's like it's out of sixties or seventies Batman comics and there's straight up Batman 66 stuff in here. I mean, they Uh didn't go full on going, okay, we're our Batman universe now has, you know, magical stuff and killer croc and a bunch of really weird stuff in it, but they got as close to that as they were going to in this very real world where their version of Robin has to be a cop who's finding mm-hmm. his way and was right. a foster kid. It is. I mean, there is the weird jump from much more grounded in reality to suddenly yeah. there are science fiction MacGuffin bombs and there's a bat helicopter that's science fiction-y. It's a Batmobile that flies, Tony. It's a Batmobile okay, that flies. <laughs> Sorry. It's just a bat. Comment with that car, okay? It's the same. Just the um, bat. And, uh, and most specifically, a prison in a nearby Middle Eastern country <laughs> that you could walk back home from? Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, well, they, yeah, yeah. It's Westeros. He was in Westeros. Yeah. So obviously <laughs> we know that travel Which they don't talk about is, just yeah. west of Westeros. The yes. island of Gotham. That um, is correct. Westeros. The prison. It's actually entire. It's all inside one of the Great Lakes. They don't oh, tell you that. Uh, 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 you got to uh, zoom uh, out. Uh, uh. I think what's really interesting about all those weird elements that are brought into this third movie of this trilogy is the fact that Nolan didn't really want to make this movie until he developed a story with uh, you know him and his brother Jonathan. The fact that it took them this story and these elements that brought him back to make this movie and like looking back after the mcu like giant phase one of the avengers and the infinity wars and everything all that ended looking back at 2012 and seeing what an auteur filmmaker did Mm -hmm. in the realm of like dc and comics and like corporate influence is really fascinating to me that he brought all these campy batman 66 elements to it so uh, one of the things I wonder about the reception that this movie got, because I, I definitely get the sense from kind of like geek culture overall that there was disappointment. There's no way there's no way it could have met anybody's expectations. So this is what I was going to say impossible. is Dark Knight was so exalted 
that I'm not sure that this movie could have ever lived up to it. Now, as a oh, person no. who did not love Dark Knight and loved Batman Begins, one of the things that I really do love, and we've touched on it a couple of a couple of ways here, is that this movie calls back to Batman Begins. In fact, other yep. than the enormous box office of the Dark Knight that led to the title, you could just as easily title this Batman Ends. And it because it is just as much about <laughs> wrapping up the story that was started in Batman Begins. It's about the League of Shadows again. It's about Ray Saul Ghoul again. And Liam Neeson appears at one critical point, which is so great as a cameo. And yeah, he disappears. He's an hallucination. But it is such a great moment of like, oh, remember that movie, everybody? And he's right. again trying to, uh, you know, he's he's broken and he has to put himself together and be Batman again and, and actually stand for something. And like, it's so much of a closing the loop from the first movie that even as somebody who has a lot less enthusiasm for the middle movie i guess if you're an audience right so for me it's great but if you're the audience that exalted that middle movie and then you see this movie and it's kind of weird it's calling back to the first movie it's it's like not of the same kind i get why it would be disappointing but i i didn't feel those things (laughs) i think that everybody even like the biggest fans like knew there's no way that any movie was going to be able to live up to the expectations that the dark knight had right but I mean, I looked back at reviews and and obviously seven years later, people's opinions can change. But at the time, the contemporary reviews were all overwhelmingly positive. Like and I'm talking from like the mainstream critics, from the fans, from whatnot. People were into it. I think that though it's it's interesting looking back seven years later because not just, you know, have a you know, films change, but like genre films in, in, in specific because of the rise of MCU and other things have become like a much bigger deal that I think that this was still like, you know, it, it's we, we spent a lot of time talking about it on the Dark Knight episode. But, you know, that film was such an important film, I think, in pushing this this, you know, uh, thing to the you know forefront where you can have genre films that can be taken seriously, that this was the first kind of follow up that was seen. OK, the first one that got, you know, real, you know, street cred. Now that trilogy is coming to an end and it, yeah. it still, you know, was a good film. Um, you know, we didn't have, I mean, 2012, what we had, the first Avenger had, has, had just come out, right? But we, but that was really all we had from, from any of the MCU stuff. I mean, I think the first Thor was out, but that wasn't that good of a film, to be totally honest. Yeah. And, and, and this, <laughs> you know, was kind of wrapping up that first wave of, you know, okay, we're going to take genre films seriously from both, you know, not just from a, from a fanboy perspective, but from a, uh, this is a real force in in mainstream cinema perspective. So contemporary reviews at that time were all really positive. I think even though everybody kind of would would acknowledge there's no way that this could live up to the you know whether it was overinflated or not. I personally don't think it is, but you know the the huge amount of hype and praise that that the Dark Knight had. Yeah, Christina, Wonder Power, Wonder Twin Powers activate. I, I completely agree, <laughs> as as almost always with you. Um, it, it, this movie, the reviews were so much like. Uh, hey, you kids who love your Batman, this sure is all that Batman that you like. Nothing bad in here. I, I'm not saying it's great, but hey, it is exactly what you want. Come and get more Batman, folks. These movies made people hungry for more, where we have these time jumps in between the first movie and the second movie, where he did all of his Batmaning between those. And then there was this long stretch between the second movie and this movie where he wasn't doing any Batman stuff. And the, I think the most effective thing they did in the arc of the movies is that they kept everybody wanting more Batman. You never felt like you had had enough Batman. No, thanks. I won't ask for seconds. You, you wanted more of these movies. You wanted more of this world. 
You know, what's what's funny to me is that watching this film again today, there were points in it that I was reminded that it was a comic book film. Yeah, and sure. and that is something that had been strange throughout the Nolan trilogy. Like as I sat back and re- reflected on it, I didn't look at them as comic book films. I looked at them as action films or you know just Nolan films. Um, you know, as weird as 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 they may be, where in the action. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, the character wears a weird costume and it just <laughs> happens to be from a comic book. There were a lot more elements to Jason's point. There were a lot more elements and to Moises's point uh, that, that there were uh, elements from all of these different iconic moments throughout the uh, the history of Batman that you were able to to glean. Um, obviously, those of you who are, are comic book fans and and knew the uh, the mantle of the Bat story and and the whole story Nightfall, of Bane, no Man's Land. right, right, exactly. Um, so you got that iconic moment of Bane breaking uh, Batman's back, but but. The fact is, like, it was so much more about, like, character study and everything else. And then there were moments completely in this movie where you were like, oh, wait a minute. Duh, this is a comic book movie. The moment where Batman's talking to Catwoman Mm -hmm. and he turns around and then turns back around and and Catwoman's gone. (laughs) And then he goes, oh, so that's what that's like. Who are you talking to, Batman? <laughs> Who are you talking to in the voice? Like that's yes. one of the three or four moments. <laughs> He's the, a the, method the few that Batman. T- okay, yes, he is a method Batman. The few things that took me out were those moments where after Catwoman knows who he is and Bane knows who he is, he's still doing the put-on voice, and I'm like, yeah, it's you know what? I think we just have to accept that this version of Bruce Wayne is a weirdo and it's an affectation. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, right. He clearly enjoys doing it. Yes, <laughs> so he's probably yes. doing it yes, all around. He does. All around Wayne Manor when, like, you know, like Alfred has gone to sleep. He's just walking back and forth in the East Wing. He's convinced himself this is his real voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's take a brief break from Batman to tell you about our first sponsor. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You know, sometimes cybercrime seems like something from the movies. What if there was a USB key that could erase all your information? Well, imagine in the Batman world just how much digital spying goes on. Well, unfortunately, some amount of that happens in the real world, too, and Batman won't be there to save you. But somebody can save you. It's ExpressVPN. Here's how it works. It encrypts all of your data. It hides your IP address wherever you are, especially in really insecure environments like open public Wi-Fi. Hotel Wi-Fi can be this way. Cafe Wi-Fi. And when your data is transferred over open Wi-Fi, it's unencrypted by default. So what you need to do is encrypt it all. Keep your passwords and credit card numbers secure. Browse privately. Don't have somebody tracking you via your IP address. You can protect yourself from bad people, whether it's bad criminals or bad companies that want your personal information, by using ExpressVPN today. The apps run seamlessly in the background of whatever device you're using, and they secure and anonymize all of your internet browsing. With one click or tap, you'll be safe to surf the public Wi-Fi or 
anywhere, really. ExpressVPN was rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It's got a 30-day money-back guarantee. I've got it on my iPad. It could not be easier to use. It is literally one tap, and you're secure. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I've got. So if you ever use public Wi-Fi at hotels, cafes, places like that, you need to try this out. Go to expressvpn.com slash Snell. You'll learn more. Protect your online activity today. And here's a nice one. Find out how you can get three months for free by going to expressvpn.com slash Snell. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Snell for three months free with a one-year package. Thank you to ExpressVPN for supporting The Incomparable. I'm not going to do what we did last time because we were here forever and and actually like break down the plot scene by scene. But I want to like mention sections of the movie if people want to talk about stuff that's that's in them. I will mention that at the beginning there is a a, a scene involving um, Bane attacking an airplane with another airplane and yeah. and it, it's it's the action scene which I have to say. I like. I like it too. I like it. And the idea that we, it's an action scene with the villain, and that's how we start the yes. movie. So we get pumped up, but it, it's not that Which parallels the previous movie. Yes. Yeah, where he, he opens it with a Bond scene, like he did the, yeah, for sure. the second one. <laughs> and the big draw to these movies was that, you know, Nolan made these amazing IMAX sequences with these incredible cameras and did all these ridiculous practical effects. And say what you will about Christopher Nolan and 35mm and practical effects and things, but I love that he puts all of this effort into the opening scenes from both movies mm-hmm. it's so and good i would like somebody who thinks that these batman movies by christopher nolan are serious dramas uh, to note that this is a scene this dark knight rises opens with a scene where a plane catches <laughs> another plane and takes it apart rips, <laughs> rips the other plane apart like a chicken and the villain uh, attaches a uh a, a, like a needle to a, a dead body yes. and drains blood out of another guy so they can fake his death uh yes. which is like it's a little bit arch it's a little bit wild they do like a single tap cpr to get the heart pumping the blood in <laughs> which yeah. is the most hilarious medical procedure i think i may have ever seen but in it's a, movie. a great bond opening right i mean i was gonna kind of, say yeah. I mean, it, well, or, or mission impossible really sure. right like sure. i mean this is totally like like a to me i look at that i'm like oh this is very much like his his kind of john woo kind of moment mm-hmm. like it's it's like evil mission impossible they're stealing the the doctor away and then we don't yeah. see him for a yes, while and then, he, and then he is revealed at a, at a dramatic moment but that that's the whole idea here and then and it's like oh so this is this is bane and he's got a plan and he he's very effective at what he does which is also to also telling this is telegraphing what happens at the end of the movie leaving the one well, one of us has to be found in the wreckage so you yes. have to stay and he's like all right is the, is the world going to burn? Then I'm, I'm sign me up, and then they leave him there. <laughs> we we momentarily get uh, get Aiden Gillen, who uh, fans of Game of Thrones right. know better as Peter Baelish, Littlefinger. Oh yeah, I, I prefer him. to think yeah, of him as Mayor, Mayor Carcetti. Mayor Thank Carcetti. you. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> Peter, Peter Baelish, CIA jackass, right. um, indeed, and he's overconfident as he always is. Yeah, well, well, that was one thing I was going to note. There are in this this film more than the um, more than the other two. There are, I mean, it's only like like two or three times, but you do actually have a couple of acknowledgments that they're like the the CIA and, and like the the president and that those things exist. You right, know, because right. usually like Government you just live exists. it exactly. Like usually you're just in this microcosm of like Gotham and like Gotham is the center of the world and that's it. And in this case, like oh no, this is New York City or whatever you're going to call it. But but there are these other agencies as well, and I, I kind of appreciate. Um, I kind of appreciated that at least the the CIA bit, both the overconfidence and the the fact that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that we're ground. Even though so much of this movie is not grounded in reality, we're we're still going to pretend that we live in you know this this world. It's Earth. Where, 
exactly where yeah. there, there are these other agencies who would obviously be aware of all this stuff right like which hasn't wasn't part of the other films and that only happens as the bridges are blown up so it really highlights the isolation of gotham i love that yeah and, and thematically it plays into the way that we cyclically go back to i mean on, honestly it's it's talia and bane working out rachel ghoul's plan from the first movie yeah, right. to greater and deeper and closer to success effect um and it, it really directly plays to the through line of this movie being all about the cyclical nature of uh, you know, fanaticized uh, bad guys uh, in, in a way that I think not many comic book movies have, have done it this well. And because of the overly high expectations on this movie, it didn't get enough credit for really pulling off quite well. Also, Bane, I think because of the the um, the charisma of Heath Ledger as the Joker, I feel like this movie is constructed with the idea that you're going to think of Bane as a Joker analog and what they're doing is they're creating this little misdirect so that they mm-hmm. can have that twist at the end where you know right. he's not he you know he he talks like the Joker that that he's got this kind of mission of like I am going to do extravagant things but he's actually executing somebody else's real plan and that, right. I think that's a good misdirect when you're he expecting it to be the Joker he's again. not he, yeah he's not the leader he's 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 the mercenary soldier yeah he has a thea- he has a theatricality to him but in in function he is just a very very effective blunt object right. um, and and that ends up distracting you enough from the fact that. You know, Talia al Ghul will say stuff. I, I wrote down what, what was it? Uh, she said, um, "Oh God, it was it was. Oh, you have to invest if you want to restore balance to the world." Right. Just right. casually, just mentions it to Bruce at like <laughs> at, at this gala thing, and I'm like, "That's a that's a real villain line." If there if there ever was one, I'm pretty right. sure she really is Talia al Ghul, as everybody was mm-hmm. saying and she it's, was. It's even kind of a reference to the first movie, yeah, where yeah. Ra's al Ghul has his the fake Ra's al Ghul is the front. Right, right, uh, and then he, yeah. he he unfortunately a lot of, a lot of turnover in that uh, position. Um, so yeah, so it, you know what's funny is is I like Jason loved Batman Begins. I I love the symmetry of it all too because if you watch Batman Begins, it's a two hour film. The first hour is about Bruce Wayne finding himself, and then at the hour mark, it becomes the story of Batman. And then it's Batman for the rest of the film. And I really, really appreciated the fact that they did that. And this one, this one, we don't even see Batman for 45 minutes. Right. Exactly. And, and, and in this film, I felt like, oh, okay. Uh, when I walked out, I was like, oh, I like this film much better than I liked the second one. Cause I thought it was just, yeah, I thought it was just a, uh, a really a hot mess at the, at the, in the second half of that film. But the, the thing that I disliked the most was that Batman's supposed to be not only the world's greatest, uh, you know, fighter, but he's also supposed to be the world's greatest detective. And he couldn't, he couldn't uh find the similarities between this woman whom who came out of nowhere but he's heard about saying things that are eerily similar to the greatest <laughs> his first and greatest villain ever for some reason for some reason when she says it it's alluring so yes. right. she's so, she's on to something we'll we'll move on to the rest of the movie but i, I do want to stop here and talk about two things which is marion cotillard as miranda tate talia agul and also tom hardy as bane we'll get to bane in a minute but mm-hmm. did, did, uh, so the every the first time i watched this movie i not knowing anything about it i um 
I, immediately I said, oh, she's she's evil, right? Like, is, is, it, is it, did they do, is that me or did they do a, a kind of a poor job? Because she seems kind of like secretly menacing the whole way through. And they wanted yes. to be such a turn at the end and it did not work for me. Maybe maybe you just distrust the French, Jason. Have you considered yeah. that? <laughs> maybe that. I mean, I, I for me, it was one of those things. I didn't know if she was going to be like the big villain. It was one of those things like you don't necessarily trust her. You don't know if she has maybe his best interest at heart. But... You know, you're not, at least when I remember watching it for the first time, I wasn't thinking that she was in, in cahoots mm-hmm. with, with Bane. I think, she it, was... I think it's well done. I mean, I, they need to give you a hint so it doesn't feel like it yeah. came out of nowhere. All right. Well, right. It, it, that, that and, the, and there's the two benefit. turns, that right? There's the me. turn that both she is evil and that the, the person who escaped the pit is her, right? right. That's, that's yeah. true. And that, that I found effective. It's just that, yeah, like my sister said, that one line is sort of like... That's kind of a villain vibe I'm getting off of her. Oh, totally. You know, the Go- the Gotham executives are all weird, eccentric people. I guess so. so. I guess so. Okay, we have to talk about Bane. Bane is the is the big yeah. uh, headline villain. Oh, it's great. Tom Hardy. He is he is big. Uh, he's he's just big. He's got that mask on. Um, I think I think Bane's really interesting, but I yeah. gotta say. It is such a weird choice to cover his face, not just because we can't see his mouth moving, which is frustrating, but because it, the effect they put on his voice is really, it's weird. And the weird part of it I like, but the, I can't understand some of what he says. Uh, and he, and the way the effect is done, he's kind of like louder and yet less intelligible than everyone else in the movie. I, I, I think what I like about Bane and this kind of goes for the movie as a whole is he's so strange and that's interesting that he's so strange, but I'm not sure it's good. I don't know. What do people think about Bane? I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Like I really like his dialogue and I like 60% of his performances of it, but sometimes <laughs> there's a lot of Bane, right? There's a and lot I think of Bane. with there's all of, Bane. of the Batman movies, like weirdo voices, less is a lot more. And there's a lot, and like, <laughs> like his speech in the, in the, at the football stadium, that like, I think that's actually pretty great, but there, it's, that's it's pretty good. It's kind of unfortunate that we've already heard a lot of him along the way. That retroactively earns the stuff he did before that. Yeah, and I like I like him on the plane, but there's a lot of him and it it's I don't know. It's it's just it is weird and unsettling and maybe it is totally doing what it's supposed to be doing, but it's also it's just it's just a little too comical at times. There's nothing better so. than Bane on a plane, by the way. The Bane on the plane is pumping blood into your heart whether you want him to Tired or not. Tired of these Monday to Friday Banes. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this with headphones for the first time today and you can hear how badly mixed his uh, dialogue is and it's like it's too loud for what it was. If yeah. this was a podcast that a friend of mine edited, I would slide into their dms and say hey please mix this differently i have a 5.1 audio system and what what was weird about it is that all the dialogue comes from the center channel except yeah. bane except bane. Yeah. stereo bane, channel bane, and it's so bane weird is, he's, he's bane right is there present. he's right there his mask is coming from his mouth he's not he is does are there two guys with speakers walking around yes, eight feet yes. to the left and the right at all there's times? no sense of place for his voice bane's mask is actually a bluetooth mic <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and makes it just more plugs sense into now. all of the Bluetooth around. Oh, it was born in the Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> the best Bane ADR in the movie is his monologue in the cave to the backbroken Bruce Wayne. Who, yes. like, yeah. it sounds like there's a place in the frame where his voice is coming from, and it's great. Everything else mm-hmm. sounds like it's totally dubbed in. Hello, this is Batman. And now it's time for another sponsor break. I'm not going to do the whole thing in that voice. I can't. I would die. 
we do have a second sponsor this week, and it's Away. I love these products. I've bought these products myself because I love them so much. They are thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They're the perfect suitcase. And they have all sorts of other stuff that solves real travel problems. The luggage is loaded with features. The Away carry-on has all sorts of different colors. There's a 100-day trial, so you can try it for real. Take trips with it and see how great it is. And if you don't like it, you can ship it back to them. It's got four 360-degree spinner wheels for a smooth ride. I was helping my mom with her suitcase the other week, and it didn't have the spinner wheels. And I look, the Away spinner wheels have ruined me. Just the, I don't don't ever, ever want to see that again. There's even a removable laundry bag, which I use all the time to keep my dirty clothes away from my clean clothes when I'm in the hotel room, when I'm on the road. I love it. There's also a bigger carry-on sized up to make the most of the overhead bin. They're designed to last a lifetime. Like I said, a 100-day trial on everything, plus free shipping within the U.S., Europe, and Australia. I have two of the carry-ons. I love them. I love the battery, which uh, pops out so that you can carry a battery along with it, uh, your your, uh, suitcase, and carry it around and sit at the gate and charge your phone and all those things. And if you're boarding the plane and they say, hey, we want you to take the battery out, you go boop, boop. You just uh, push it, and it pops right out. Just put it in your pocket, put it in your other carry-on, whatever you want, and uh, charge on the go, and then pop it right back in when uh, you want to put it back in. It's super easy, and I will be taking my Away suitcase to me when I go to Hawaii very, very soon. I'm excited about that. Check out Away now and get $20 off a suitcase by going to awaytravel.com slash Snell, my last name, and use that last name, Snell, as the promo code during checkout, awaytravel.com slash Snell, and promo code Snell during checkout. Thank you so much to Away for supporting this show and carrying all of my stuff when I travel. And now back to Batman. I will say that the one kind of saving Bane moment for me, because I'm not really a fan of this version of Bane, but then at the end when Talia walks away and she's like, sorry, you're going to die. And he's just got like, like kind of like his eyes are just like a little teary, but he's also been like beaten to hell by Batman. And he's just like, okay. And it's like, I totally believe it. You are just like this delirious, insane mad dog, you know, that's loyal to Talia and you'll stay here and you know, you're, you've done your job and you're, you're fine with that. Even though your job was to be a wacky terrorist who talks in a crazy voice. So with, Questionable management strategies. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a problem with that because I felt like Bane was a great villain that was neutered by the fact that he, it turned out that he was just the lapdog. He's just a chump. Of, of, of Talia al Ghul. Uh, the the couple of uh, you know nitpicks that that really you know bother me and I don't feel like I'm 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 going overboard is the delatinization of the character is something that uh, I yes, I can't yes. not bring up very um, fair. because very fair. In, in various iterations he has been classed as some sort of in the same way that Gotham is is about halfway between Chicago and New York right. um, Bane is kind of Cuban kind of Portuguese kind of Brazilian yeah, kind yeah, of right. just. Mm-hmm. Something, uh, mm-hmm. something, something from where a luchador mask is available. Exactly, and well, and they they threw the luchador mask in because they're like, all oh, those guys do that, right? Yeah, not just yeah, Mexicans. Right, right, okay, sure, right. whatever. Who cares? Sure. Um, so I, th- that that bugged me. It bugged me that in the press, uh, the production team kind of were like, why is that such a big deal? Well, because you've got a really white cast, guys. You got a really white cast. You could have given us, you know, just one and Morgan Freeman. Um, right, not right. to not to always be comic book guy about this stuff, but the, the other thing is on on the sound of the voice, the the word on the street was that initially 
Christopher Nolan wanted him to be more unintelligible than he is in the movie, and they ended up boosting him in multiple channels because in studio uh, early screenings, they were like, dude, you've got to do something about this. We can't understand what he's saying. We can't understand what he's saying at all. And and so if this was the middle ground compromise, I'm fine with this versus intentionally unintelligible. Babe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with this versus, you know, having to have subtitles or something, which... Oh, man. It, Can you imagine? That would have been hilarious. I mean, it would have been, but, like, that... I mean, but, yeah, that probably... That sounds like that probably would have been what's happening. But you're right. I mean, the mix on this, and I don't know if it's the home audio or what, because in the theater it was fine, as I recall, but, I mean, it's been seven years, so I, I, I don't have perfect memory of this. Um, but, yeah, the the mix of him is jarring when you're listening to everybody else through the center channel and then he's coming other places and you're like okay wait what what was that yeah yeah so in this first uh segment of the movie this is the uh leading off of dark knight as i mentioned at the beginning uh with harvey dent dead they create the dent act which has gotten uh organized crime uh out of the picture more or less batman has disappeared because of course they used him as the as the the, the patsy uh, and and Gordon is in charge. Bruce Wayne has disappeared. He's he's a. Uh, they think that he's like hiding in the mansion. Uh, a, a Howard Hughes type guy. He's building the spruce moose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, really and, long fingernails. And meanwhile, uh, you know, Bane is uh, is now on the move in in uh, in Gotham. And uh, there's a whole thing where there's a, a setup at the. Uh, at the stock exchange and he does a thing that i have to say is a very similar thing to the bank heist in the dark knight to a point where i thought that wasn't i I wasn't thrilled that it was sort of like similar enough that it felt like they were kind of replaying old stuff but anyway that that's this first part of the movie i mean i think it was different i think that i mean it was a similar idea right but like i think that in in the in the dark knight you're very clearly going after the mobsters bank and and you know using that as kind of a point of control to kind of you know push things you know the joke the joker had like a point here in this case this was all about destroying the populace destroying the whole system right and bringing down and bringing down uh, bruce wayne too right like part part of this is stealing his fingerprints which seemed like an unrelated subplot maybe with uh, selena kyle um that uh we we get to we get to meet uh, anne hathaway as uh, as catwoman the, the she is a cat burglar of course and likes cat themed head gear from time to time um and uh, but it turns out that they're getting bruce wayne's fingerprints because apparently you need those to do these uh, really bad investments that they make take that rich guy we made bad investments and you lost everything <laughs> and that's one of the things that they do and we also get in this segment at, at, at the chase at the end of this there is a big uh, like motorcycle car chase through the streets of gotham where the police and uh, some various jerky police officers, mm-hmm. including the guy uh, Matthew Modine, Matt, um, yeah. where where Love he's like, him. let's forget about the people who robbed the stock exchange. Let's get Batman and. Right. Um, and and that's I, I actually I love this part of the movie. I think that this is it all was so, this it was is all so really comic good. booky. It was super yeah. comic yeah. booky. And you get like four different depictions of how d- the different aspects of the police force feel about Batman. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it, was, it was it was super comic booky, but it also in some ways like I mean, look, I know some law enforcement agents. There were some people in my family and whatnot, and so I don't mean to disparage them, but I mean they can be pretty you know petty you know mofos. So. I kind of don't like I felt like an A it's comic booky and B I'm like, yeah, I could kind of see this, you know. Yep. Screw, yeah. the, screw screw who they see or the petty criminals, we're gonna go after the big dog. 
I want the collar. I want the recognition. I want the I want exactly. The, well, they, the in, in terms of they let Bane go, right? Because Bane turns right. around and goes past them, and they're like, "Forget that guy. Let's go get Batman." And they are letting Bane out when they do that, but they they just don't care. And I like that. I like that. Uh, what Joseph Gordon-Levitt is is he in the car with Matthew Modine in that yes. point? And yes. he's driving, glaring yeah. daggers he's, he's at him because it's like, about his, like his, what is wrong I, with I, you? This isn't this isn't quoting his line exactly, but it, it almost came off like. But what about the criminals doing the crime things, boss? By the way, um, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, we, I didn't mention that he gets introduced as, as Blake, this officer, and, but he's an orphan. He totally, he's totally a better detective than Gordon because he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, yeah. No, he like right. very early on goes and Almost confronts instantly. Bruce Wayne. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I knew when I was like 12. Like- oh, yeah. yeah. I get to, uh, as a 12-year-old boy detective. <laughs> I love it. I love that. But so he's a good mm-hmm. he's played throughout this movie as the good guy who's frustrated in the system which sets up his thing at the end where mm-hmm. it turns out that his real name his real name is Robin and at the end he's given the keys to the Batcave. And that that's a a you know nice little thing. I like I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this because yeah, he is I did too. the one trustworthy cop in Gotham basically. It's good. Well basically which we kind of need. I mean, right? Cuz like Gordon's always been kind of iffy, right? Like he he's kind of on the level but he's also kind of not. And uh I mean it, uh, uh, uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets off a really good uh, line um uh, towards the end where he's like, you know, your 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 hands seem pretty dirty to me um and uh but yeah i mean i i I enjoy the fact that there is like one guy who's like okay the system is screwed but i'm gonna do the right thing you know i mean he's there's like interesting parallels because he's both this new kind of we see his it's almost like there's a mini origin story inside this movie for (laughs) a movie that doesn't doesn't happen uh but also the kind of parallels to jim gordon right where he is idealistic uh, but rather than sticking around and trying to change the system from within and kind of getting compromised the way Jim Gordon does and uh, losing his family and all that, he becomes a vigilante also. <laughs> so, but yes, I, I like his little path of like, oh, the police are bad. Also, guns are scary. Also, the police are bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As kind of a meta note on this series of films, knowing that Nolan, like other people that have had the reins of the franchise, was very ardently against involving a Robin character because he thought it was ridiculous ridiculous. I I totally get it. And though I might disagree with him, I kind of like that his construction of this character is his way of raising as many middle fingers as he can get at the concept of (laughs) he has to do Robin a certain way. He's like, okay, I'm going to do it my way because I made the Dark Knight. So I I really like it because the strong implication is at the end is not that he's going to be like Robin, right? It's going to be that he can be Batman Batman. if he wants to be. He's the next. He can be the next Batman. And I like I like that a lot. I think that's really good. Yeah, this this version of Batman does not take in wards. Yeah, his uh, the things that go down with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the end of the movie show that he's not quite a Robin character. He's just another really great person on Batman's side doing things that Batman would do in those and situations. And Bruce Wayne recognizes, I think, like for like, yeah. and is like, you could, you, and that's why he gets the keys to the, the right. Batcave. Yeah. Batman, Batman recognized Batman. Yeah. Well, and I mean, <laughs> how, how many times do they say in the second and the third film that Batman is a symbol, right? Right. Like, and I think that just kind of reinforces it is that Batman is an idea. Batman's a symbol. It's not tied to mm-hmm. a certain person or, or persona. It is, it is a symbol and it could be, it could take, you know, different forms. Yeah. So ba- Batman uh, can be anybody, but not those guys in the second movie. They were bad. I beat them up because they were the bad <laughs> But Batman can be anybody else. Anybody. While we're talking about the first act of the movie, I'd like to point out my favorite line in the whole movie. When uh, Batman is cornered in, the, uh, in that alley and someone comes up and says, <laughs> like a rat in a cage. And then someone says, 
you might have the wrong animal there, sir, and the bat thing flies out. I, you know, I just enjoy the, the, the scene where uh, uh, Catwoman goes to the bar to meet with the uh, yeah. sketchy business guy, and she brings the, like, senator who's in, like, a Hawaiian shirt and is yeah, yeah, he's kidnapped slash up. on holiday or something. <laughs> he's, 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 like, he drugged, high drunk, off whatever. His gourd, he's really, re- yeah, he's really high or drunk on something, and she, she, is, she is his, uh, she is, uh, he is her latest toy to mm-hmm. use as she pleases but it just we we get in a very short amount of time with her how incredibly competent and she does all the thing where she switches back like the police come in and she's a victim and then immediately as soon as they're not looking she's on the run again and i just it, they they establish uh that you know she is a force to be reckoned with in gotham very very quickly and efficiently if i can call back to christina's comments on uh rachel damsel or whatever her last name is uh in yeah, the dark night Dawes. um yeah okay damsel well, uh, that's what it sounded like to me um uh, Catwoman is as far away from that as you could possibly get, and that was just doubt. in her first scene, and especially once we get to the bar. Um, nothing. The, the only thing that could have made me happier was if Burn Gorman had sat down, and then Burn Gorman sat down. No, she's great. I, I, uh, and not just because she's my my doppelganger and birthday twin, but no, I think mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway in this film is so good, and yeah. and I love what they did with the Catwoman in this film. And Catwoman is at least in the live action things, I think, has not been a well portrayed character, and and it hasn't been one that I've I've really liked that much. But I love what they do with with Selena Kyle in this, just from the from the beginning scene when she you know steals the the fingerprints and the and the necklace, you know, and and you know you think that she's going to act one way, and she you know kicks him you know while he's on his cane and you know the the, the stealing of the car to, to go into the bar scene i mean i just really like what they do mm-hmm. what, what Dan hathaway does with that character it's it's really fun this was definitely uh i think the model for or or, or at least uh the model for gotham's Catwoman was definitely patterned after the Selena Kyle uh, from Dark Knight Rises um, because she had her own agency from, you know, from jump, like, you know, from the first scene that you saw her, uh, she was 100% always in control. Okay, it's time for our mandated discussion of Michael Caine, who is great. Uh, you know, Guy English has a picture of him and everybody loves Michael Caine. And this is, of course, the origin of that uh, comedy sketch about I buried 14 Batmans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bury you, Batman. I will not put you into the ground in a little box. I will not do it, Master Bruce. I will not do it. I'm not going to bury another Batman. Another Batman? How, how many Batmans has he been burying? How many are there? I've buried 14 Batmans I've buried so far. 14 Batman. And their little pointy ears I'm in a box. I'm not going to bury another nylon cloak. The point is that people wear at birthday parties. With a little belt, a very wide belt that very is flattering to a man with an expanded girth. The, I won't do that to you, Master Bruce. I will not do it to you. This is his angry Alfred, and it's a great scene. I, it's disappointing that he then goes away till the end of the movie. But it's right. such a great scene where he says, when you were gone... In the middle of Batman Begins, again, calling back to that, I used to go to this restaurant in Italy. Seemed This story seemed extraneous at the time. Uh, and I looked and I like to admit, but it, it's getting across. That, and, like, why are we cutting away I, to Italy I right now? I didn't want to believe this, huh? that you were dead. And so I liked the, I had this fantasy that I was going to go in that cafe and I was going to see you. And, it, and, and I, you know, I buried your parents and I buried all of these Waynes and I don't want to do this. And if you continue to do this, I'm out of here. And then he confronts him on the stairs later and they have that other little thing where he's like, I'm I'm going to leave here. And just, you know, what it adds to this movie to have Michael Caine really 
giving his all and he's so talented and he does lend that gravitas to it and i i love the fact that while all this other stuff is going on with batman he also has his surrogate parent basically saying i'm disappointed in you i think it's yeah I think it's amazing and, and, I'm, and i'm done with you to a certain yeah. extent you know I, i'm 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 not going to support you if you were doing this destructive behavior you know giving him the tough love kind of stuff that he needs i wanted you to get out of the house but not like this this is all wrong yeah <laughs> right i mean literally what he says and then of course that's at the end when you get that scene where he's back there again it's so great because it's just you know it's intercut with joseph gordon levitt you know swinging through the waterfall and finding the right well and also the great hans zimmer score and and like and it's nice and you know it's exactly kind of what you want like ultimately like you know he's happy michael Caine is is finally at peace which is really nice because that's all we want are good things for alfred and 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 michael Caine by extension yeah. also he inherited all of bruce wayne's assets apparently so there's that too. well yeah i mean as he should because i mean he's he's his father basically right yep. like he's like i mean you know he's raised him reared him like been responsible for so much stuff like it's the least bruce wayne could do would be to you know take a certain amount of of, of money that i'm sure he's gotten offshore accounts yeah. you know the the, the 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 pearls for catwoman uh, along with her her new identity and uh then they're gonna you know go off and live it up on yacht somewhere i'm, I'm assuming i assume I so know. right that you, you get numbered accounts that's all you need the the scene the scene where he goes down and, and finds him in the cave is great itself but i found myself thinking of guy english and unintentionally laughing as he was taking the elevator down because of this look on michael kane's face because i could just hear in my mind I'm going to bury me another Batman, Master Wayne. I'm going to bury me another Batman. I'm going to not be happy about it. I'm going to not be happy about it, not one bit. I've sung you up. I've set your bones. But I won't bury you. I've buried enough members of the Wayne family. But that 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 speech it 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 is it's part of the whole arc of all three of the movies and and it's it's a little bit of exposition loading in a way kind of like Blake's um like I I think of it as like an acting class monologue scene where he where you you mentioned it earlier where he dictates his backstory to yeah. Bruce Wayne where he's like by the way previously on Batman that you didn't see <laughs> this is my life um the, the that speech would if it, if it were a string of speeches like that and we were being introduced to a whole bunch of new characters it would it would throw things off but the weight that they give michael Caine in this movie it it it, i don't know about the number of lines comparison from movie to movie but the weight of it and the importance of it and i mean he he ties the whole thing together yep Yep, he does all right uh now we enter the weird middle of the movie which is followed by the way by the weird end but the weird middle of the movie what happens is you see bane (laughs) destroys batman and throws bruce wayne in a far off prison that's below the ground in the desert jason does he kill three thousand police officers by burying them under rubble underneath gotham well he traps them he He imprisons three thousand police officers you're saying that seems strange yeah it is it is it is weird well you know i don't i don't know i don't know how you put like oil in concrete and make it into an explosive either but that's apparently what happens so Mm -hmm. i just i'm gonna go with it but chemistry i don't know look he breaks his back that's all i really care about he, he gives him a back injury 
Jeffrey and, and takes him puts to him a, into jail with a great physical therapist, an extrajudicial yeah. rendition occurs involving Batman, and then uh, and so we have this whole center section where two things are happening, which is Bane is burying Gotham's police force in rubble underneath the city, and they and he he blows up the field of the football stadium, and then uh, you know run. Fortunately, Heinz Ward is really fast, and so he gets yes. to the end zone and is not collapsed like all the other players into yes. the rubble of the stadium and he being gives his speech and meanwhile bruce is is watching this on tv <laughs> as he's a broken man in this cell in in something that reminded me of, of the beginning of iron man it's actually a similar mm-hmm. kind of feel which is like he's completely ruined and he's in the cell but these two guys are telling him the story of the russell goals kid who is uh raised in the prison but escaped and bane tells him the story before he sends him there about how uh, you have to you have to rise out of this place and and, yep. and and all of that and this is the this is this weird center section where bruce wayne is gone and bane gets to have his way with gotham and uh he reads gordon's speech as we mentioned earlier they release all the prisons from or prisoners from the prison and because this fusion bomb has now been uh has now been turned on there's a ticking clock where they could blow up the city at any moment so they want to completely cut it off from the rest of the world and so you're in yeah. the situation where gotham is just going to be closed off yeah exactly the president comes on we finally see the president and he's like uh we want the people of gotham to know we stand with them and it's like yeah except you know we don't safely but, over but here we over stand here. with them yeah over here <laughs> also there's there's a trigger for the bomb and we're gonna give one person it but we're not gonna tell you who that is no everyone is a gymnastics expert around the olympics and everyone's a nuclear expert around chernobyl but i feel like watching all of the uh, nuclear talk in this movie after watching chernobyl was a little ridiculous it was so <laughs> like hand wavy and comic booky and yeah. uh, hmm. uh uh there's a bomb we can flood the thing i don't know bane take it away brian how do you feel about the computer silence behind the program that erases your criminal record everywhere everywhere and on the in the world yeah the the fusion thing it's like well it's a magic (laughs) energy source but if you take it out there's one guy who can make it into a bomb uh but we killed him so he can't defuse it but you can still stick it back into the thing but it's in a box in a truck and we're not going to blow it up just now even though that's what we want to do because Reasons. Terror. Terror. So let me me go back to my opening statement where I said there are bits of Batman 66 in this movie because (laughs) sometimes you just can't get rid of of an atomic bomb. Can we get Stellan Sarsgaard in here to explain what the bomb does? (laughs) The one time time watching it this afternoon, I legitimately almost fell off of my couch laughing was when Bruce holds up the the thumb drive that will Mm. clean up her record. And I almost expected him to go, that computer thing, I got it for you. Was that also uh, the uh, fact that you know they were able to? It only took seven minutes uh, to uh, upload the program to take over the stock exchange thing. You know they cut the fiber and and they're 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 going through you know the the the, the high speed chase you know on the motorcycles this and that. But man, that three G connection in twenty twelve is still working right. on on that Windows you know seven pen type whatever thing tablet <laughs> right, they've yep. got that is still has a direct connection it is working it is a proud product of wayne go <laughs> they really missed out on a brand synergy deal it could have been 
All right, now we go T-Mobile. <laughs> I turned on trick mode so it doesn't burn through my data. Well, we do have the big uh, the big Bane speech here, which uh, one of the things I love about it as he's as he's ranting against capitalism is the big Doritos ad in the background. Uh, yeah. It kills me every time. <laughs> Lucky me, it's T-Mobile Tuesdays and I've got free Doritos. But the um but the thing so the thing I really like in this very weird middle part is I like the stuff. I know it's corny, but I like the stuff where the guys are talking to Bruce Wayne and about the climbing the thing and you put the rope yeah. on and you try to climb the thing and everybody fails, but the little kid succeeded. And then they finally give him the the, the moment of clarity, which is you got to do it without the rope and know mm-hmm. you're going to die if you I also- fail. I, I like the design of the crazy prison yes. where it's like it's clearly meant to be a, a visual allusion to a well. It's like a Terry Gilliam movie almost. But then there's also <laughs> these like Escher-esque staircases everywhere that totally. don't make any sense. I, I don't know. I yeah. hadn't seen anything like that. I'm, no, I, I like, like it. it. I like it. I mean, the one thing that I and I remember thinking this in the theater, I'm like, he gets out of this thing and then, OK, so you're in the Middle East and you don't have any money, and you've been left alone. Right? How, how are you getting, getting on an airplane in right. 2012? Like, like, where, how are you he's getting got, back to he, Gotham? He, he's got, he's got safe houses everywhere. The yeah. bat has I mean, many friends. Let me ask, I mean, how literal is that supposed to be? I mean, it's it's almost like he goes on this journey into his own mind or something, right? I mean, I don't know. The first time I saw that, I was prepared for that to be some kind of weird dream so sequence what, or something. What yeah. I like thematically about this is that I like that moment where what they're really saying is you can only be Batman. If you're willing to give everything, you can't mm-hmm. be Mr. Rich guy and trying to keep everything in balance and be Batman. You have to take the rope off and be willing to sacrifice everything. And only then can you be Batman. Uh, and, you know, that stuff works on me. I thought that was really great. Yeah. That, that but is I can the still point. use rope if it has like a grappling hook at the end of it. That's fair game. Yeah, right, that's Jason? OK. That's OK. You yeah. could use, well, the thinner rope, but the, they got the super thick rope. I'm only, I, have to get, I have to throw away the metaphorical rope and also that one little Rope, yeah, but not other ropes. Yeah, that's right. But I like, <laughs> right, I like when, when, he, when, when he did get up to the surface. It, it, there was one. There was one little. Th- there, there were little throwaway things at the uh, like right before a cut that happened in this movie. Occasionally, in this one, it's he he tosses a rope over the side to just let mm-hmm. all the prisoners that want to climb out climb out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. come on, guys, prison break. Um, you know, at, earlier when when Bane's at the stock exchange, once everything's settled, right before it cuts, at one point he turns to some guy and like gives him the nod. You know what I mean by the nod? The you good bro all right cool just like little tiny bits of business that they don't hang a lantern on that they just they just throw it out into the ether and just let it sit there um okay so batman does get back to uh gotham just in time because the uh by the way speaking of cockamamie uh nuclear things uh the idea that they know exactly how the decay is going to go down to the second of when it will explode is also hilarious because that's i don't think that's how that works but it gives them a ticking clock and it is the best kind of bomb has a instant detonate or a ticking clock and like you and it's in a truck you can choose either one there's there's three three trucks trucks, and they're moving (laughs) around and you don't know which one it is it's a shell game it's a three card monty pick which one's got the bomb anyway so we now we're in this weird again the weird middle weirder ending where gotham has been isolated except for like food shipments and stuff that occasionally come in from the rest of the occupied gotham all of the gasoline that they need to run these trucks in a constant circle all over town yeah not stopping yeah no these these trucks were electric 
Uh, mm-hmm. So oh, regenerative okay. braking. <laughs> yeah, they're the Batman yeah, so trucks. So they're they're all using. Could Batman they run them power. off Wing of tech. the fusion neutron bomb? This is, what I, this is what I was going to get at. They they clearly had some other sort of like you know like nuclear kind of something going on beforehand mm-hmm. that that they were able to power things with. So this pre- this part of the movie is kind of nonsensical and weird, and it's hard to take seriously because theoretically the cops live underground for five months and yet look relatively clean shaven when they come out. Yep. Um, yeah. And you know not like they well they were given. The sign to to shave. Yeah. right. It's you know appearance emerge. matters and, and press and press your uniforms. Yeah. We do see trucks of supplies coming in, and they even they use that to smuggle in secret forces guys who are going to get murdered. And they do. We see Joseph Gordon Levitt's character siphoning gas that he's then bringing to the orphanage for probably. Oh, he even yeah, specifically for, for says the bus, so, so you can put escape. it in your bus because you don't have any gas because gas is hard to come by. So like I feel like the little things are in there, but it is still like really you kept three thousand people in the sewers. Okay. Okay. And, but and, I mean, it's like, it's a metaphor, right? Because it's like, they, they, they let every, they blow up the jail and everyone gets out of the jail and the police are in this construction jail beneath mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. the, the inmates literally start running the asylum. And I, yes. my headcanon kind of went a totally different direction. When when he uh, went up to the tunnel and it, there were all those cars stacked up, I was like, that is some project management skills. Like the League yeah. of Shadows really right. has their stuff down. Like they must be using Omni Outliner and like they, they have a whole process for all this stuff laid mm-hmm. out. And it's like maybe it's like a symbol that like Bane has not just killed them he could have killed them pretty easily right uh but instead it's kind of like they're imprisoned and that's symbolic uh but also also we need an army later yeah i think it works as an idea but i think this is one of those areas where christopher nolan likes to play with these big ideas Mm -hmm. and have his characters especially his villains play with these big ideas i don't think the amount of time the movie allots to it and what the movie wants to do with it it's so simplistic for something you wanted you wanted this to be longer than two hours and 45 minutes is what you're telling me i don't think you should do something (laughs) this radical and then just like well they've been cut off for months but it's basically fine yeah (laughs) it's hard i think it's when they like they come back and it is like this kind of like they've come back from hell right they're like reborn and they look reasonably okay for people that live five five months in the sewers they have to be recognizable as police officers and they're like unarmed running at the uh visually identifiable as terrorist guys right and that's i guess they wanted that scene um but it's like you guys you guys should have stopped and got some guns first or something (laughs) structurally it calls back to the element of the dark knight that kind of bothered me was that it 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 was a series of great ideas for scenes and set pieces that was glued together as a narrative and it's it's where like the the, the movie started going pretty well, and once it went into crazy town, I it started to lose me a little bit, but it still kind of hung together because you know whatever you know they've earned this. Okay, why it's not? a superhero film too, right? Like it would be fine in other Batman movies. It's it's tricky here because it's it's we've been given realistic Batman, and now there's there's right. comic booky stuff yeah. happening. There were so right. many scenes that have meant nothing to me. I was just waiting for the fighting to start back up. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think the problem with this, if I if I were to try and diagnose it, is that there's this big idea of cutting off Gotham from the rest of the world. But I don't. I'm not sure it really works. Like I think it would have been better if Batman was just gone and that Bane and his his crew were basically that maybe they trap the cops and they're able to run amok and that nobody can really like. I kind of wanted it to be that there was a struggle going on in Gotham, but that, that to have it be like, well, no. No, 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 it's way simpler than that. We just isolated yeah. Gotham, which like I don't think isolating that big city 
would with because then it needs to be bombed out and a mess and like i didn't see other signs of that it, it just seemed like a really clean apocalypse yeah. which it, which <laughs> makes it not very realistic to me i get that you want bruce to be away and suffering but the last season of the gotham tv so does something kind of similar where gotham is cut off but there yeah gotham is like like mad max wasteland where it's it's being you know 20 different gangs are fighting for control of it right. and the military is like okay fine we'll just no one can go in or out <laughs> going all the way back to opening statements uh, part of what i like about the movie is that there are these cool things from comics runs that i really really love that are in here but no man's land which is the gotham is cut off from the rest of the world the bridges are blown it, it was a full like year of batman comics and there's a lot of story to tell in that that not even the gotham tv show could really really breathe um and and get all of that stuff out there to throw this in as an add-on um it's you you made the choice to break batman's back so you have to give him five months to recover so now i mean it the the connections between the stuff that you're trying to string together it it weighs down all of it that i when we when we get to the the conclusion uh you know to me i still end up enjoying the movie but this this is where it really starts sagging under its own weight when you've got blake saying lines like this place is like some kind of a failed state and i'm like oh come on man come on yeah the streets are awful I, clean for that um also the, you, you end up literal. you end up asking yourself like what were they doing all this time? Like they, there, there's uh, uh, Talia and uh, uh, Lucius Fox and like the board of Wayne Enterprises. They're fine. They're like somewhere like everybody. Matthew Modine just kind of hangs out in his house and has hidden his uh, his police uniform in the backyard or something. It, it's a governmentless uh, wasteland run by mobsters. And you know what? Uh, not a window is broken on that block. He's yeah, just hanging no. out inside. Maybe it's hard to get milk. Jason, once you are freed from the shackles of your nine to five, and get to spend your days as you like cowering yeah, with your family in safety. Beautifying the neighborhood. Yeah. When, when you're yeah. in a, an amazing city like Gotham at the intersections of Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and New York, yep. right. uh, mm-hmm. you and know, Chicago. It, just, it, it manages to do pretty yeah, well Chicago. for half of a year by itself. During winter. It's like a big, I like, and again, this is this is why I say it's a, a weird movie, but I kind of like it. It's like, I like that they take this ridiculous swing. It doesn't yes. really make any sense, <laughs> but it's like, all right, okay, you try, you're trying stuff. You know, I feel, I feel a little bit attacked because because one of my one of my little gripes about the first two movies is, come on, guys, loosen up a little bit. Give me a giant humanoid crocodile. Just give me a giant humanoid crocodile and I'll be happy. Maybe KG Beast. I just want a man who's obsessed with riddles. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> yeah. Give, give me a guy who wears a green suit with question marks all over it. That's all I'm asking for. And uh, and they decided to just, you know, they, they decided to play with the laws of physics uh, where a guy with a giant flowing cape is riding uh, a motorcycle with the cape just flowing wherever it may want to to be giving me untold amounts of anxiety about Batman beheading himself. Okay, but can we talk about Scarecrow being back as, oh, yeah, as, as, as the, the, judge. the judge and jury? Yeah, as the yeah. judge, Chief, which Chief, I love. Chief I, Justice I, Scarecrow. Yep. Yes. yes. Yeah. Look, Cillian Murphy, we were talking about kind of the utility players that, that Nolan likes to use in his films, oh gosh, and he is yes. definitely like a core one, and I love him, and I think yes. he's a great actor, and he just seeing him back just yes. making me smile so much, and I'm like, and and also just the fact that he's like, you know, you, you 
you are you are uh, you are executed by banishment. You know, like I just I love it. Yeah. Like it's choose just, choose yeah. exile or death. I choose death. Well, you get je- death by exile. Get him dig yes. that way. Last, last time we saw you, uh, <laughs> Scarecrow, you were selling drugs out of a van, and look at you, you're, you're chief yeah. justice of the <laughs> court that only has yeah, one. You are you're up court. on a pile of old furniture. You are and you are loving <laughs> it's it. It's amazing. You were the king of furniture land. He's living his best life, and if I'm being honest, like we know how corrupt Gotham was under all of its various systems. Like I have a feeling, like Scarecrow probably was not the worst judge. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. I like that he's like a judge and also an auctioneer. He's like I don't I don't really have my terminology totally figured out, but I am not. I have I'm really committed to what I'm doing. I have, I have enthusiasm. I've got this. I've got this hammer. I'm going to do all the things that you do with hammers when you act yeah, like the judge that you want to be. So- so yeah. it was this it was this like French Revolution off you go to the yes. guillotine kind of yeah. thing. And it and it further accentuated some of the stuff that, you know, I wasn't completely sold on Bane until we got post so. uh, football game. But but him 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 kind of representing in his costuming and bearing and demeanor like he is the history of war. It just when 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 we got this reveal with Scarecrow sitting on top of a bunch of disused furniture, um, sending people to, you know, walk across a lake. Uh, I, yeah, it just. It, the, it just felt ridiculous in the ways that 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 I enjoy, not the ways that made me not enjoy parts of Batman Forever yep. and Batman and Robin. <laughs> so in the end, what we get is we get the uh, the turn where it's revealed that uh, Marion Cotillard is Talia al Ghul. She was the one who climbed out of the prison. Bane was her protector. Um, she has stabbed Batman right between the ribs where it hurts but is not fatal because batman doesn't die um and then we get a, the big the big chase thing where they're trying to set off the bomb and gordon has blocked the bomb and there's uh there's kind of an action sequence that ends with batman uh it's one of those things well, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb again uh the yeah. only thing he can do is basically grappling hook this fusion reactor which which clangs against a lot of stuff yeah <laughs> i love it but, 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 but it's reinforced well right because the autopilot i mean this was this was a key thing that that uh, mm-hmm. lucian uh mentioned earlier is the autopilot wasn't working and right. so he's got to be the one who's got to fly it out and he does say which i didn't notice the first time he does say look wayne if you want to fix it fix it yep and mm-hmm. and it turns out right. at the end that, oh uh somebody the, the, checked in some code did. in the source well, code repository here oh it was bruce wayne he's like oh the, but, but before departs uh you know he gets a he gets a great kiss from selena kyle and gives her her uh um, you know, uh, clean slate. Um, there was one moment uh, that was before he went back, before he kind of got entrapped by uh, uh, Talia Ghoul, where she says to him, you know, why are you going back? You don't owe them anything more. You don't owe them anything else, which I really liked, you know, where, you know, she was just kind of like being like, screw these people. Yeah, You've already given them everything you have. Exactly. Giving him kind of that that out. And he still goes, you know, anyway, um, and then, but she wound up kind of showing up too. And, uh, then he's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'll be, I, I'm going to take one for the team and peace out, you know, go in. Here's my question though. Like, so you have this nuclear bomb <laughs> and, and it has a six mile like radius. Now, obviously he went really far out, uh, you know, assumingly into the middle of the Atlantic ocean to drop this thing. But I would imagine and with ocean. the combustion, well, right. Well, but, but like, but like, but, but like, uh, you know, because it's what, not the Hudson. So where's, say, where is a, the exclusion zone? The bay, I guess. The bay, they say. But well, yes. well, this, but this is kind of what I'm getting at, right? Like, he, he, like how far out is he going? Where, like, okay, they're saying that it had like a six mile radius, but like to me, that implies that if it drops, it's still going to be really, really, really freaking powerful and take out a ton of stuff. So, I mean, 
how, how, how is Gotham not half deformed and still half dead is what I'm trying to get at. So this is an atomic bomb with a blinking number timer. So the, the mushroom cloud's pretty far out there. So I think that, you know, there is some editing compression there, but very clearly Batman got it much further away than maybe like just off the coast. It's 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 out there a ways because the mushroom cloud is uh, is far out there. And also, I would say, uh, is it possible that they overstated the megatonnage of this thing? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's Impossible. possible. Maybe, maybe yeah, somebody they, did they, the... just, they moved the wrong decimal point. You know, I mean, I could believe that. Maybe it was point six miles. I could believe that. I could believe that. Maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Because again, like I've watched a lot of Chernobyl as well, and so I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm not obviously not an expert on this, but this seems like this would be. Oh, oh Christina, don't get me wrong. A lot of fish died, and there's no fishing <laughs> yeah. in the bay. Also, for years, the number this. of radioactive half fish half human villains that are going to be in the next movie. Killer Shark. <laughs> Here comes the roof. Killer Shark. Tony, Tony, we're going to finally get Killer I know Shark. You, you have been waiting for the Batman and Aquaman crossover. It's a Batman-Aquaman trilogy. I was going to say, is this how we finally get Aquaman? Because, you know, like, literally, there are going to be a lot of, like, you know, deformed <laughs> Gothamites. Yep, it's who the are, Dark Fish trilogy. It, it, it's coming. Mm-hmm. The, the, the hilarious thing is that we're taking this this seriously because I don't know that they, they give us enough information to be this serious no, about it. it's bananas. I mean, this is my point, is that is that it is... Again, if this is you're like, oh no, this is serious, Batman. This is very serious, Batman. No, that's like, the second oh, one. No, this one not. is not. It's this not. one, this this one is pure. Like this is an actual comic book movie, but it's a great one, but right? It's like fun. it's just that's, yeah. It, that's what I'm saying exactly. Yeah, like this, this is like I think the Dark Knight. The reason I mean, it was the first like you know like where 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 people who were like, oh, I'm too good to watch you know superhero films. Again, this is before every film in the theater was based on some sort of comic book franchise. Yeah. Um. Now now no one even. Pre- tends to say that because you would not be able to watch go to the movies or watch television it just wouldn't happen but like there was that time where people were like oh no you know i don't i don't like those types of things i only like you know real serious dramas you know and and then you know that film is like oh we're gonna have a, a really well-respected director and 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 actors and and somebody's gonna win a posthumous oscar and blah 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 and this one comes out and you're like oh well, you can actually have really great director and and a really great cast but it can still be about a comic book yeah it can, it can still be a, a little bit ridiculous like it, you know before we got to this point during at some point during the pretty pretty wasteland of gotham sequence um uh, catwoman uh saves this kid from getting mugged for his apple and takes a mm-hmm. bite out of the apple and I hands the kid the apple <laughs> like that's a like here you go kid enjoy this partially eaten <laughs> that's apple. called that's called a justice tax it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> also, she taught him a very good lesson, which is do not steal things from people who you cannot outrun. Like, yeah. honestly, I'm yeah. kind of disappointed that kid didn't know that already. I would have thought yeah. growing up in Gotham, like, you know, in the orphanage, like, I, I don't know. I, I would have thought he would have learned that. But, you know, it was a good you lesson know, for him to learn. Were, were this the first movie? I would I would question it more than I do. Uh, but it, it, just, it they're perfectly fine uh, going a little bit silly, a little bit freewheeling compared to what we're used to. And it's it's refreshing instead of being ill fitting. The wrong lesson about like, oh, dark and grim Batman is like, well, even Christopher Nolan tried to inject some humor and some humanity. And and again, here, a comic booky kind of wackiness mm. in this. Because he knows yeah. like he, he knows what he, his property is, right? Like he's Christopher Nolan. Like you don't sign on and get paid the, you know, trucks full of the Gotham, you know, bank trucks full of yes, money that he right. got to, to do this trilogy a fusion bomb without one, being but like the rest of them have money in them. It's fine. Right. We're Exactly. <laughs> Without being like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm doing a superhero franchise. It's about a guy who dresses up like a bat and fights crime. Come <laughs> well, on, it talks like this. Exactly. Because like it's you know what, the Batman is dark and grim. He is in a movie that is not 
always dark and grim. He's in a serious movie. And I, I mean, I think that's kind of one of the things that kind of works about this movie is there are all these, there's the ridiculous banana stuff in the second and third act. Um, but what I like about it is we have all these characters that have their moments and are more than just like people filling space, right? Like we have Robin or whatever you want to call him. We have his path. We have Catwoman's path. We have Commissioner Gordon. Even like, I don't totally remember the character's name, but like, not so great cop that reports to Commissioner Gordon who has like right, the a little bit of guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Puts on his yeah. uniform, goes out and allows himself to get shot by one of those not Batmobiles. Yep. Yeah. As you do. For, 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 for justice or something. For justice. <laughs> All right. Uh, so... Uh, overall, final thoughts about uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I'll go around and ask everybody. Let's start with Brian. I remember walking out of this movie and liking it more than The Dark Knight. I remember feeling more like good feels after The Dark Knight because it felt like it tied in more with the rest of the trilogy. But looking back now, I feel like The Dark Knight is better as a standalone movie for the structural reasons we talked about. And even though I like The Dark Knight Rises, I almost wish, like, I, I want to do a social experiment where we we show someone who's never seen any of these movies like a special machete order of Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises and see what they think of it as a like two movie story. And I think where The Dark Knight Rises shines is in its structure and the way that it plays in with the rest of the trilogy. I also like Bane. It was a little silly this time around, but, you know, I'm not going to complain too much because, again, it's a guy in a bat suit. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line, it is a guy in a bat suit. Christina? I, I really liked this. I liked this when I saw it in the theater. It's, I haven't watched it like consistently. It's not one of those like I love this movies like Dark Knight is for me. But this is this is a good like early you know um, uh, teens comic book action film. And 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 Anne Hathaway is just delightful in this. And and it's it's a shame that the half the hate train really started after this film because she was great in this. And also she's this and Get Smart both. She's like a good action star she should be doing more of that sort of stuff so but i i I very much this is a fun movie like it's not a perfect movie by any stretch and i I think that brian's point like it's it's a good point like about if you were to this is much more similar in a lot of ways to batman begins than than dark knight uh but um and and i think it works i think the trilogy as a whole actually works really well all right uh cicero I thought uh, The Dark Knight was a mess, uh, much like you did, Jason. I thought, you know, the first half was great. The second half, not so great. I really, really enjoyed Dark Knight Rises. Um, I loved Batman Begins. Absolutely loved that film. But of the three films in the uh, Nolan Batman trilogy, this is the only one that I own. Ooh. So, um, yeah, so I was able to just put it on my Amazon Prime and just watch it lovely yeah yeah it is it's funny i just i don't know like like we said earlier i think the critical you know the professional movie critic thing was sort of like yeah this uh another christopher nolan batman movie hooray but i think that the nerds were sort of like this is what is what is going on here and i think with a little hindsight looking at it, it's like yeah it's fun it's a it's a fun movie and, and if you're one of those people who didn't really get uh you know hit by the dark knight in the way that so many people did uh having it be a change of pace and a call back to batman begins i thought really good um moises i am not a fan of people who uh carelessly deploy the the term just turn your brain off uh 
I, I, for a variety of reasons, um, mainly medical. With this movie, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, medical <laughs> reasons. Tony, this got yeah. really serious really fast, just like um, Batman versus Superman. Um, <laughs> but I, w- w- with this movie, you know, the things that that strike us as kind of wait a minute, but how did that work? What uh, you know, the stuff that that ordinarily would kind of make something fall for us, they've earned our trust enough that we can instead say, eh, it's fine, it's fine. It's it's fine. You know, who cares? Whatever. Um, we we forgive this movie things that aren't that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, because, again, guy who dresses up as a human sized bat and talks like this to a guy talking through a breathing regulator uh, who somehow speaks to human beings in the real world in four point one sound. We don't care uh, because because they play with the toys that we like. Uh, no matter to what depth we know them, we're not all deans of Batman University uh, like Tony Sindelar is. Um, eh. We may not be the world's greatest Michael Caine authority like I English is, mm. um, but there are parts of this mythos that we really like. And and this movie does not betray in in totality any of those parts of the Batman legacy. It It puts a nice button on a series that. I think if you like Batman, you like some part of these three movies and this movie, this movie does not, uh, does not change your opinion in the negative. If anything, it can only raise the average of the overall series. And that, that's a very rare thing in this trilogy obsessed, uh, sequential series obsessed world of, of making these, uh, these big mega budget things. Tony Sindelar, Batman statue, your thoughts? Uh, that was not a good Batman statue. <laughs> not a good statue. Okay, what do you think about the yeah. movie? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'm the anti-Cicero. This is the one movie of the trilogy I don't own. So um, our, our powers combined. Yeah, um, there we go. Yeah. So uh, I guess I will just, I'll just echo what Christina said. Uh, I, I think one of the strengths of this movie is that it... Uh, it, that it's part of a trilogy that is cohesive in a way that uh, we don't see very much with these superhero movies. Uh, this movie did come out the first, the same year as the Avengers movie, which is a, an interesting uh, other take on superhero movies, but that's a different podcast. Uh, I will say this. I think I view this movie more positively than I did uh, when I saw it back in 2012. It does some weird things, but I have to say, I think they are mainly interesting, weird things. And uh, I got to give some credit to that. So uh, yeah, I feel okay about it. Uh, Interesting, weird things is pretty much exactly what I feel. So thank you for crystallizing it that way. (laughs) I've watched the movie and I'm like, so strange, but I kind of like it. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like, what's this feeling I have? I'm enjoying this weird, weird movie. (laughs) That's how I feel about a lot of my friends. All right. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. All right. uh, Well, we have uh, we have reached the end and uh, climbed out of our prison cell. Where do we go from here? We're in the desert. Oh, wait a second. Somebody why call why do we fall, Master Jason? Uh, so. <laughs> why do we fall? We are currently an indeterminate distance away from Gotham from, City, yeah. but it's far. It's far. It's a far it's, distance. It's far. Uh, anyway, I, so now all that is left for me is to thank my guest, Brian Hamilton. Thank you. Thank you. Christina Warren, thank you. Thanks for having me. Cicero Holmes, thank you. I am having a cappuccino at a cafe in Florence. I'm just going to give you a nod and not say yes. a, not say a <laughs> word. Moises Chuyan, thank you. Sometimes you just can't get rid of an atomic bomb. Mm, it's true. It's true. And Tony Sindelar, once again, thank you. Goodbye, nerds. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, Jason. Goodbye for now. <laughs> <laughs>